This is perspective as a motherfucker. Sit back, strap in, relax. Cue transition. Uh, like your, your brain already stepped up and nah. walked off the stage. <laughs> and if you just realize that if you just get a little bit better every single day, you'll be so much further and so much more. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that says a fire on the side. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what's going on, everybody? Uh, this is Perspective as a Motherfucker. My name is Aaron Streeter. I'm your host with my guest host. Over here. JP3. JP3. Um, I have a good guest for you guys today. Not only a uh, good friend of mine that I uh, used to work with in the insurance industry uh, pretty closely, but also a uh, person that's a hell of a recruiter. We're going to be talking about not only um, the great resignation, but as far as, you know, how that relates to, you know, corporate recruiting and also recruiting as a whole. And without further ado... My guest for today, Chris Witherspoon. <laughs> What's going on, man? How you doing, man? I'm doing all right, brother. I appreciate the introduction. That means a lot to me. Glad, glad to be here on Perspective as a Motherfucker. Thank you. Thank you. So, it's been a while, man. It's a been bit. a minute, man. It's been a minute since I've seen you. You know what I mean? But looking good. Good to see you. Yeah, thank you, man. Glad I appreciate you doing it. your thing. Glad that you invited me to the show. Couldn't you know think of a, a better place to be tonight, right? So, glad to be here and glad to you know kind of talk to you and and kind of get into some of the things that we're going to talk about today. Okay. So, I know um, the, the audience, um, you know, as far as, you, you know, how who you are to me or, you know, he, how we even met. Um, well, we wouldn't have met without, of course, you know, my... Uh, you know, <laughs> JP, right? Yeah, yeah, JP. Yeah. Uh, he's actually the one that actually brought me into the uh, company that we were all, you know, working at. And of course, you know, as time goes on, you know, we kind of, you know, move to, you know, different, you know, places. Um, I'm still in the company, you know, license and everything like that. Exactly. But for you, man, I mean, what do you, I mean, since you've kind of, you know, you're still in the company, you know, but, you know, you kind of step back. Have you been up to yeah, man. So honestly, it's just kind of thinking about the next moves, right? okay. you know, and, and, and what I really realized was is that <clears throat> that same excitement that I had at the beginning of the company, yeah, it just kind of started to phase out and I just started to think a little bit bigger, mm-hmm. right? And, and there's nothing wrong with that, right? There's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that at all. No. And, and I just started thinking about, you know, what my passion truly is, man. And, and one thing that I've always been good at is like with people, man. I absolutely love people. Just understanding why they tick, what makes them tick. And yeah. I, I'm the type of my mom always told me since I was a kid, I've never met a stranger, right? And, <laughs> and because of that, I always knew that I need to be around people, right? That That's just my passion. That's what fuels me, right? So mm-hmm. I knew that even though I wasn't with the company anymore, recruiting is something that I do have a passion for. And recruiting is something that is, is, is truly valuable, right? Yeah. You know, helping individuals find out what their passion is and or helping individuals find out where their home is, their career home okay. is, that's important, right? And and I realized if I could be that pivotal person in a person's life to help them to get to that next job or help them to get to that next income or help them to get to their next dream, why not, right? Yeah. And uh, I also realized it was very profitable <laughs> to, be, yeah. to be in recruiting yeah. as well, yeah. right? I mean, so. So, um, you know, after after the business, I, I started to get back to my roots. You know, um, I, I started looking at different ways that I could be a recruiter, whether it be for a company, whether it be for myself. Um, and then I took a I took a, a dive into corporate recruiting, man, which is yeah. a very, very big step for me, especially coming from where we're coming from. You know, yeah. it's a completely different world. And, uh, you know, I, I believe that 
you know, working with the company and, and getting that experience and having that that energy of entrepreneurship is something yeah. that I still wanted, right? I still wanted yeah. to feel like my own boss, right? So, um, you know, with the company that I'm with now, man, I work, you know, the hours that I want to. I don't have to really report to anybody. It's kind of like a results-driven business, yeah. right? So, and, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of that, right? Because yeah. I know what I can do when the ball's in my court. I just don't need you to be over my shoulder every day telling me what to do, of course. right? So, so to be able to, to be in that situation to where I can work with a company to, to help people to find their dreams and to get to the job that they want to be, and then I still feel good about it and then be paid well to do so also, I figured that's the steps that I should start taking after the business, okay. right? So right now, uh, that's exactly what I got into, man. It's got back into recruiting, right? So it's yeah. like I never left. Yeah, I mean, for you, I mean, you've taken, uh, you know, I haven't known you for, you know, super long, but I mean, your story is, it's one of those, like, it's one of those stories that you've, you've been in so many different situations, so many, you know, in a few different industries, you know, as being as young as you are, um, but I just going to take it all the way back to the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. So, where are you from originally? So, originally, man, I was born in Virginia, okay. right? Born in Fort Lee. My father's military, mm-hmm. so I was born on base, um, but I wasn't there long, right? He took us all over the world. So, I'm from Germany. Uh, you know, I've been all over Europe. I've been on, actually on five of the seven continents now today. What's your, what's your fav- what was your favorite continent? Africa. Ooh. <laughs> Africa, hands down, man. Okay. Ethiopia was absolutely beautiful. Um, don't believe what you guys see on TV, man. You can't. Africa, <laughs> Africa is absolutely gorgeous, man. It was it was absolutely insane. I went on a water ride, like through the safari. We saw hippos in the water, oh, and we had we went to this resort, and monkeys was eating out of my hand, man. Like <laughs> wow. it was absolutely insane, right? So so um, shout out to pops, right for 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 putting that 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 traveling spirit in me, right? Because I believe that. Being able to travel helps your perspective so much. Yeah, it helps 100%. your perspective so much, right? Yeah. So um, I was born born in Fort Lee. Father uh, moved us out to Germany, lived in Germany for a while. Uh, we traveled around with the military, came back to the United States, went from Kentucky, went from Tennessee. Then we went back to Virginia, right? Mm-hmm. And that's where I really grew up, man, is in, in Newport News, Virginia, man, 757. Okay. Right? So I grew up in Newport News, Virginia, went to to elementary school there, went to, you know, middle school there, went to high school there. And, um, you know, once I got into high school, that's when everything started to kind of change for me. Okay. Right. You know, um, uh, my, uh, my, my brother passed away, you know what I'm saying? At the end of my high school career, you know, uh, actually one year after that high school career. And that's when everything started to kind of take a change for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and for my entire family, right. I'm not going to yeah. say that, you know, my family was poor or anything like that. We were, middle class family but literally that death it, it 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 changed everything it changed the dynamics of everything and usually how that goes yeah man it, it was crazy and especially because my brother was the the individual that was kind of like a father okay. right you know what i'm saying my sister's 12 years older than me shout out to my sister love you to death right but uh my sister's 12 years older than me so she was kind of gone doing her own thing right you know what i mean my mom is working late hours my dad is working late hours so it's just me and him you mm-hmm. know what I mean? So when I lost him, I kind of lost a piece of myself. Of course. Right? And uh, I tried to start being an individual that I wasn't. Started of hanging course. around the people 
that you know what I mean. You, you're trying to be cool. You know what I'm yeah, saying. You're trying yeah. to be that guy. Right? Yeah. And then I realized I wasn't that guy. I had a gun to the back of my head, and I was like, oh, oh shit, this isn't for me. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This, this thug life ain't for me. You know what I'm saying? That was and about then, that life. Then, and then mm, the crazy thing is, is that I started to see my friends get locked up. I started seeing people mm. die left and right. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and I'll never forget. I had a gun to the back of my head, and I made a decision. I said, listen, you can go the same direction and have your mom lose two sons, or you can go in a different direction and make sure that you can make her proud. Yeah. I decided to take the life, yeah. right? And um, from there, you know, uh, after that happened, man, I decided to take the contract overseas. Yeah. Uh, I went to Iraq. Well, let me back up a little bit before, before that, right? Before I went out there, man, I started working for a home improvement company. You guys know 2008, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. Took a hit, man. Um, Milani Brothers is the company that I was working for. They took a hit. They went under. And uh, here I am, you know, a young kid, man. I had a mortgage after my brother passed away. Yeah. My parents moved away. They divorced. So I'm trying to figure everything out in Virginia, okay. right? And uh, once that hit, you know, I couldn't pay my bills, man. And I was just like lost. I was like, what the hell am I going to do next? And yeah. luckily, my father, like I said, you know, he was overseas. He did he did military thing, retired 20 years in the Army, warrant officer, right? And uh, he started contracting overseas, and he told me about it. He says, hey, man, you should try to come over here. And I was like, well, shit, I'll go over there and, and, and catch a bullet for 100000 instead of catching one here in Newport News for free. Right? So I, was, I, said, I said, let me go ahead and, let me go yeah. ahead and take a trip to, to, to Afghanistan, man, or to Iraq first, right? Yeah. And, bro, I'm going to tell you right now, man, you know, I'm, I'm a kid for Newport News, right? And, and, you know, we suburban kids, we're not thinking about being in no goddamn desert, bro. Yeah. I'm going to tell you, when I flew over there, I'll never forget, man. I get off of the plane, and we're in Dubai. Hmm. And I'll never forget, it's like we fly in, it's like 2 in the morning. So okay. it's really, really early in the morning. Yeah. But bro, once they opened that airplane door, it felt like the oven door. Oh my God. I literally thought to myself, Chris, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, what are you, bro, you're in the Middle East right now, bro. What the hell are you thinking? You're from Newport News, Virginia, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Where, where we don't do much, you know what yeah. I mean? We damn sure ain't going to no Middle East, yeah. right? And um, I was scared, bro. I turned 21 in Iraq. Wow. Sure. I turned 21 tonight. That must have been yeah. interesting. Bro, I never forget. I saw my girlfriend on the phone. You know, my ex-girlfriend at the time, Allison. You know, that's, that's previous, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's previous. That's previous, right? But, uh, but no, nah, I was talking to my girlfriend in a bunker, bro. Wow. I never forget. Yeah. I was talking to her in a bunker, man. And it was just weird because it was away from everything that I knew. Right? Yeah. Everybody that I knew, like all my friends, everything, I just packed up everything and just left. Right? And it was the best decision I ever made in my life. Sometimes you got to do that. It's... There's a lot of people that don't understand, like, I did that several times in my life. Mm -hmm. You know, the first time I did it when I was 20, went, you know, from, uh, you know, New Jersey over to Pittsburgh. And then I got my first introduction as a contractor on a military base over in uh, Montgomery, Alabama. Okay. So that was my that, first introduction to the that. Yeah. So mm -hmm. that was my first introduction to the South, but I would have never, and that was, you know, doing windshield repair on bases and stuff like that. I would have... I would have never had those experiences if I didn't go outside my comfort zone. I packed up the little twin size bed. I had, <laughs> and, you know, yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's something that so many of my, my friends or even my, you know, my siblings are like, you know, I, you were so brave. I was like, no, you just, there's so much world out there, so much country than where you're at. Yeah. I mean, I had, you know, sisters that were, you know, you know, doing really well now but it was just like you guys can go anywhere it's like i don't know where to go anywhere anywhere just get a car and like they're like wait you're just gonna get it it's like 
like I came down here. Um, I'm a I'm a little bit different. So I came down here March of 2017. I used to work in a um, labor union, so hard hat work boots union benefits uh, forklift operator. I had the opportunity to come down here, sold off everything, every single thing in my house in my apartment, uh, and I I got on a train. Got on a plane, came down. Now, unfortunately, I had some legal, financial obligations, whatever the case may be. I had to come back here. Three weeks later, so like April Fool's Day, I came back. Yeah. I was not happy. Had my apartment, car, everything like that, sold all that stuff. Had to sleep on my sister's couch. Because I had to do that before. Mm -hmm. I was right next to my little brother. Within eight weeks... Took care of all my legal obligations, gave him a little bit of money, mm-hmm. got me a little car for about seven fifty. Yeah, yeah. But you know, brakes on it. D- took care of everything. Drove that bitch out. Drove that bitch out of New Jersey. Have not. I didn't come back for almost two years. But I drove a two thousand one Chevy Malibu. I got for <laughs> seven fifty. I drove that bitch down to Jacksonville, Florida. Yeah. Did what I needed to do, and I didn't come back to Jersey for like two years. And I've been here now for almost five. Bro, it takes a certain mm-hmm. kind of mindset to do that. Yeah. It's hard. Yep. It's hard, but it's worth it. Like coming down here was the best decision. Mm-hmm. So, for you, if you could tell a younger version of yourself anything that would have caused you maybe less pain and less drama, what would that be? Patience, man. That's hard. <laughs> patience you know what i mean you just you just always want results so quickly and you feel like you're so far off from what you really want yeah and if you just realize that if you just get a little bit better every single day you'll be so much further than so many people in the world that's true right that's that's Mm -hmm. that's what i would literally tell myself i'm an action-oriented guy so sometimes i just move i just run you know Um, what i'm saying i hear an idea i just want to go i just want to go with (laughs) it but a lot of times that's not the best thing Right. Sometimes you need to sit back. You actually need to think on those things right before just jumping into it and just saying, oh, you know what? I'll I'll catch the next one or I'll I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. Yeah. And you get to a point where I'll never forget this. uh, An old boss of mine used to say, Aaron, there's there's two types of people. There's people that get up, open the door, go through it. And there's people that run through the door. <laughs> You're the person that runs through the door. Facts. Which is great to a certain point, but you, yeah, it's, unless there's a fire on the other side. Yeah. Right? <laughs> or maybe no floor. <laughs> or that part. Yeah. Or that part. Yeah. Or no floor, right? Uh, you know punchy what I mean? sticks. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, there, you know what I mean? But, but at the same time, you know, it, it could be very beneficial to run through the door. Yeah. Right? It could be very beneficial. But um, that goes back to what I was saying, man. You know, just, just having that patience to kind of. To decide, hey, listen, do I want to go through that door? Is it, you know, is it really aligned with who I am? Yeah. Right. And what I realized as a, as a kid, I didn't know who I was. I was trying to be a lot of different people. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? You you try to do what's the coolest thing or the trends and and everything like that, and that's not who you really are. So having the patience to understand who you are and, and what aligns with you and, and what you really want for your outcome, that's the biggest thing that I would tell myself. Right, I wouldn't. Who cares about best dress or you know most popular or any of those types of shit? You know what I mean? You figure out that if you were just yourself, 
the entire time. Life would have been so much easier. And it's like so cliche. Yeah, you're not born as yourself. You have to discover who you are. And some of those experiences that you have, some of those doors you run through that, you know, later on you wish that maybe you opened it and looked inside first. Some of those experiences really shape you. And they help define exactly who you are. Like, you're not going to just know from elementary school, oh, this is who I am. This is who I'm supposed no. to be. I'm going to choose my friends like this. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's not how it's not a, yeah. it's not You know, you, you got to go down some wrong roads before you figure out what the right one is. Like, mm-hmm. you don't know what kind of food you don't like yeah. until you taste lima beans. You realize they're the worst thing yeah. you ever created. That's true. That's yeah. very true. And it also just goes back to taking a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. Right? Just being a little bit patient. Right? To say, mm-hmm. okay, you know what? Maybe I'm going to nibble on this lima bean before I just... Buy yeah. a whole plate. You know what I'm saying, yeah, right? Exactly. So, so it, it breaks down. And I love that you said that, man. So it, it kind of breaks down to that, man. But just to answer your question, just patience, man. I was I was always just moving way too fast, right? Just always so fast and always expecting things to happen like microwave. And then you're always comparing yourself to the next person when you, when you don't know what they've been what, through. Yeah, you yeah. don't know what they've been through. You don't know what they did to get to where it is. You just see the finished product. So Robert many of us yeah. see the finished product and you don't see the growth. You don't see the the 10,000 hours that they put in to get to where they and, need to be. And, and that was then. That was pre-social media. Pre-social media. Yeah. Yeah. It was so much easier to stay in your lane then. Yeah. Yeah. And it was still hard. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Now, forget about it. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Like, uh, that's just just to kind of look at it, you know. I'm I'm just so glad now that I had that that gene, right? Where I can kind of sit back and I it's probably just because I'm old as shit now, you know. I'm getting older, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, like but, it's just like I don't need to be running around. Like, let me take a beat. Yeah, let me let me take a beat. You know what I mean? Make a decision. You know what I mean? Before before I actually, you know, when I left the company, you know what I mean? Not I shouldn't say I left the company, but. When I decided to take my, you know, my talents to, to my you know what I mean? I, um, I just started to move a little bit slower, right? It took me, it took me about five months for me to find the position that I really wanted, right? Mm-hmm. And I had several offers. I mean, plus you have like, like you have hell of experience. Yeah, absolutely. So, like, it was as no- far as like, as far as like recruiting and then also in the tech, you know, in the techs. Sorry, the IT field as well. Mm-hmm. So, like, initially, like, what attracted you to recruiting? Man, that's crazy, right? Like, um, kind of goes back to what JP was saying. Like, you have to go through those experiences, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, we stopped off, right? Like, while I was overseas, I came, I came to Florida. And, man, I couldn't find a job for shit. When I came back from Florida, even with a degree... And yeah. IT, right? Which is crazy. Even with a degree in IT, after you know being on contracts, working with you know NATO, working with all different types of militaries, leading a team when I was in Afghanistan, mm-hmm. I couldn't find a job when I came home. That's crazy. And that and that really blew my mind. And I was still old fashioned, bro. When I came back home in 2013, you know, I left in 2007, 2008. Wow. Yeah. Right. So okay. so when I came home in 2013, I thought you still applied for jobs the same fucking way. Like, you know, you go with an application and the suit, you go to the to the place that you wanted. No. You know what I'm saying? They had staffing agencies. And I had a recruiter that reached out to me. She found me a job the same day. Damn. For SEBA, doing logistics. Oh, okay. Right? And uh, I was like, oh, shit. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm glad that she found me. And that was that was really quick. Right? So we stayed in touch. And then she got me a, a contract with a company called Comcast Spotlight. Mm-hmm. I started working for them for a little while. Uh, you know, the company that I was working with, uh, Robert Half, they, they said, hey, listen, you know, we've been following you. We want to, you know, keep you in our circle. You know, we have an opportunity down here. Why don't you come check it out? 
And they were the ones that helped me find a job when nobody would give me one. I mean, I was out of work for like a year, bro. Living with my mom, you know what I'm saying? Coming back from Afghanistan, not knowing what the hell I was going to do, right? So when they gave me that opportunity at Comcast, I said, listen, I'm going to turn this contract into a hire, which I did. Stayed there for a while. And then Robert Half offered me a job. And I was like, hey, listen, I'll come down there and talk to you because you guys helped me. And if you guys helped me in my lowest point, Mm -hmm. what if I could do that same thing for somebody else? Yeah. Right? So that's how I got into recruiting, man. And, And... what I realized is I was good as shit at it. That I can definitely. <laughs> yeah. I was good as shit at it. And, and I, it's, mm-hmm. I, 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 I have to cut you off, but yeah, yeah. the, because I've seen like, you know, as far as, you know, I, 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 I can't even say the damn word, <laughs> but like, especially in the company that we've kind of all kind of stepped away from some in a very permanent uh, you know, basis, and some of us, <laughs> and some of us not so much. But you'll see, like you, you, you get to see all types of people, like as far as you know how they recruit. Mm-hmm. Some of them recruit with energy. Some of them recruit with knowledge, knowledge or facts. And look, I, even myself, where I've recruited all types of people, people that I just you're like. Like people that I like, in, I, I think it's the funny. Well, why? But also, it's the funniest thing where it's like, especially when it's like someone that nobody else could get, mm-hmm. and you got them for whatever reason. They're like, you know what? I'm gonna choose you. Yeah, you gonna get me where I need to be. So, and it's just something like that skill set where I feel like, even like, we've all been you know through it where. I, I guess recruiting gets a bad name or mm-hmm. a lot of people of is a bad taste in people's mouth, but I don't really think like the average employee really understands what recruiting is. Not the, not just the employee, the average person. Yeah. Right. You know, recruiting is okay when I'm finding you a job. Exactly. Right. Recruiting is not okay when I'm trying to get you self insurance. Yeah. Right. Let's just be real. Let's just be yeah. real. Like or juice. Or emotions or anything like yeah. that. It has a negative condensation, yeah. right, to, uh, to, to it. Right. So, so there's nothing wrong with recruiting whatsoever. And what I realized was is that the reason why I was such a good recruiter is because I didn't try to recruit. What I did was I just talked to people about what the outcome wanted to be. And then I was just a very, very good person at listening. Yeah. Right. And relating with individuals. That's something that I've, I've been blessed with. I can honestly say that I've been best with is, is relating with individuals, making people feel comfortable. Right. And then once a person likes you, they'll pretty much listen to you. And as long as you're an SME or a subject matter expert in, in whatever you're doing yeah. and you're leading people in the right way. Right. Why wouldn't they follow you? Yeah. Right. So so what I realize is, is that when you take the the self-accomplishments out of it, right? And you kind of let people be who they're going to be and you be who you're going to be. Exactly. Right? People will follow you if you have a mission that you're passionate about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You just got to have something that you're passionate about that people can feel that passion. The reason why people don't follow others is because they don't feel the passion. Like, why the hell would I want to follow you if you're not even passionate about what you're doing? Yeah. Makes no sense. Exactly. Right? So, I honestly believe that technology has changed the world. Are you kidding me? Like, could you imagine right now if we didn't have the internet? What would we do? Right. Yeah. So, so I knew, and you know, I learned a long time. Ago, this is funny. People laugh at me. I watch a lot of movies, right? But mm-hmm. I learned from a movie called, uh, um, uh, God damn it. What's his, uh, Kevin Costner's in it? He, Mr. Brooks. You guys ever Ooh, seen Mr. Brooks? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So look at this. Everybody sees Mr. Brooks. They look at it as a murder movie, right? Yeah. One thing, yeah, he's, a, he's a murderer, right? He's, just, he's a, he's, he's a rich murderer, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, so, but what I looked Spoiler at was, was this. <laughs> <laughs> but not only, 
Sorry. <laughs> 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 I'm hurt. <laughs> yeah, don't watch the movie now, right? Don't watch it here, right? Whoops. Think like, about this. But you learn that early, though, in the movie, though. You yeah. learn that early in the movie that he's rich and he's a murderer. Yeah. But, but either way, one thing that he said in the movie is, is that you always invest in things that people can't live without. Mm-hmm. It, makes, it makes plenty of sense. He had a, he had a, he had a, 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 um, a funeral home. Mm-hmm. People gotta die. Yeah. Right? You know what I'm saying? So, so but that's the make them. Yeah. He, the yeah. guy asked him, he says, he says, let me ask you, why do you own this gravesite? He was like, well, you invest in things that people can't live without. Yeah. People gotta pass away. Right now, I believe that there's no way that people can survive without technology. You know, there's, you know, you, you have some people out there that can, right? But yeah. it's very, very uh, minimal. Off the grid folks, which off they're the making it very difficult now. You, to you even saw how well that worked for Osama. Okay. Okay, right? It just doesn't work out well. And it's very, very tough. So I realized if I got into the technology industry, whether it actually be programming, whether it actually be infrastructure, whether it actually be one of those things that I could win. Yeah. That I could win. So I just had to be on the side. And listen, there's always a lot of people out there and companies that need people for tech. Yes. Right? So, and they don't want to do the work to find them. Or they may not be able to find that talent that matches with culture, that matches with diversity, that matches with uh, uh, equity, that matches with inclusion. Yeah. Right? So I realized that, hey, listen, what I'm doing is 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 huge. It's major, right? And now I'm seeing that every company is looking for recruiters everywhere. Yeah. So even though I didn't know it at the time, I was setting myself up for the future. Yeah. Now, the funny thing about you know, I actually said that companies are looking for recruiters, but they're also looking for people. Yeah. And you know, I've been hearing, you know, of course, I mean, we've all been seeing the news as far as this whole great resignation thing. Jesus. And I'm, you know, I've just been seeing more and more things because I didn't necessarily understand, especially, you know, you I say like across the board, like, you know, in different industries, there's like 4.5 million people quit their jobs, but they're saying there's over 11 million job openings. Mm-hmm. So, like, mm-hmm. and I don't see, you know, I'll see the, you know, GoFundMe's from time to time. But I'm not seeing GoFundMe's. <laughs> I'm not seeing, like, people reaching out for help. And I'm not seeing people saying, I want my stimulus. So, where are these people getting this money at? Instagram, you know, only, only, only fans. Like, yep. there's just so many different avenues for people to make money. They feel like, hey, listen, I don't have to work a job if I don't want to. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you can wake up in, in an Uber for a couple rides, you know what I mean, to make the to make the money that you need to, it's just not going to get you ahead. That's what I just. It's just not. There's no yeah. longevity in it. Understand? No I mean, no the thing is that, how much difference is there really though between like dead end, uh, you know, gig economy jobs versus you know low wage, you know, corporate jobs? Like, I mean, I mean, other than benefits, if they even have those, yeah, which a lot I mean, of those don't. don't. Yeah, you're not really more, any worse off. Like, now, if, if a career is different. You know, if yeah, you get in, if you're starting career. a career, like mm-hmm. I started in the mailroom, but eventually I'm gonna be an editor for this paper, yeah. and you work your way up, um, then that's one thing. But you know, if you're just gonna be puddling along, flipping bottles and yeah. you know, picking burgers at McDonald's, or yeah. you know, a server at Ruby Tuesday, or you know, it's, it's, something it's, where there's no upside, you might as well go ahead and work on your own. Yeah, right. You I, mean, I might as well work on yeah. my terms instead of like having somebody scrutinize my fifteen minute break. Hence the reason why all these restaurants were struggling. You know, not, not, not just because of the pandemic, but even afterwards. You know what I mean? A lot of people didn't want to work anymore because why the hell would I work for you if I could just take a couple fares? Yeah, right? 
like and make the same money. Mid range to low range restaurants, yeah, it's gonna be real hard to retain yeah. service because half yeah. the time they're over here packing orders to give to the DoorDash guy who's making more and working less than they are. Are you kidding me? And then on Why top of that, I don't have to answer anybody. I can get up when I want to, right? And I can get off when I want to, or yep. I can work when I want to. Yeah, yeah. It's that's the reason why the great resignation is is happening is because there's so many different options out there where our predecessors or our, our you know our ancestors didn't have those opportunities. And man. there's no employee to employer loyalty. Yeah, I mean that's I been agree. gone for a long time. Which, that, that's that's not which, been the case for like me. especially post pandemic where a lot of people realize oh these employers really don't give a fuck about bro. Me. Listen, I'm gonna tell you we were just talking about Carvana a second ago, right? Yeah. Carvana, I read the article. They let off 2,500 employees, right? Yeah. 2,500 employees. And on the same day, they they paid two two billion for an auction house. Listen, but what? I did not know that part. That's what? crazy. So look at yep. this. I let off this, yep. 2,500 employees, but then I, 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 I purchased two what? Two billion dollars they paid for an auction house. So the company is always going to do what's best for them. And, the, and you got to understand that. The company's and, gonna and, do they, and they don't even care enough to even come up with the optics to pretend otherwise. They, don't go they could at least wait it a day wait or two it, and then two. spend some little line about how it's not related and blah. And this was already in the works for yeah. months. No. Catch this. Like, no. JP, catch this. So an article that I read, 2,500 people let off, right? One of the ladies was talking about how they let them off. You know they got them all on the Zoom. Have a nice day. Yeah, think about I, I, that. That's that why reminds we... me of that uh, CEO for better. Not only did they get, they got like relief, or I think they got like you no know, PPP money, or they got like another like investment round or something like that. And the fact that they still got that money, and then you know he let off, he let off so many people. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and he was under fire for it. Yeah, but. Bro, I'm, I'm gonna tell you, it's crazy to kind of see those types of things. And 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 listen, kids, kids today, right? We're millennials, right? But you know these Gen Zs and everything like that. They they've seen their parents go through it. They've seen yeah. us go through it, right? They've seen their grandparents go yeah. through it, right? And they're like, why the hell would I sign up for that? Yeah. Why would I sign up to be in a position to where a company can get me on a Zoom and let me go, right? After I've given all my time, my loyalty to them, and I'm just let go like garbage. Of course. Right, mm-hmm. so I believe that's honesty, but it goes back to JP was saying it's the yeah. difference between that career, right? Yeah. And the career folks aren't saying that. No, no. Right. exactly. And the great yeah. resignation yeah. doesn't apply yeah. to real <laughs> jobs. Like people yeah. aren't resigning from jobs that people actually want. Nah, nah like it says, get you buy jobs, those low range, those mid range jobs. Like those are the ones that people are like, all right, I'm gonna be I'm real out. with you. Like as a recruiter, bro, and one of the top recruiters, like I don't, I don't. I, the great resignation hasn't hit me, and the reason why is because the clientele that I'm working with. They they yeah. not trying to resign. Yeah, they no. not trying to ride Uber, right? You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. a 1099 job. You make thirty eight thousand dollars in a year, but you're taxed, right? A lot of exactly. people don't even realize, right? So, people, so it looks good. It looks good for a second, like, and yeah. like there's a lot of people because I think at one point we've all been on both sides as far as being W two and 1099. Yeah, of course. And mm-hmm. people don't realize a lot of people they want either around the same amount of money. Or a little bit more, but on their own terms. But with being on your terms, yeah, you got to do certain things. You got to do taxes yeah, awesome. and things yeah. like that. Like, yeah, I'm I'm yeah. doing that right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. even I had to. I work at a shipyard right now, mm-hmm. so it's not ideally, you know, what I wanted to do. But I was doing drizzly delivering alcohol yeah. and doing go puff and things like that, and I was running around. 
running around town putting gas on your car yeah, and all for one, mileage. miles on your car, and now when your car goes down, now you don't have any way to do any of those jobs anymore. Exactly. So now mm-hmm. I'm more stationary. I'm doing what I need to do, and I'll rock out with this for a year because I've done the all or nothing thing a handful of times. Yeah. Anytime I went full time in my business or you know yeah. at the company, I never had reserves. Yeah. Ever. I went full time up until last August. Yeah. That means I was hustling month to month. Nonstop. Yeah. Non-stop. Month to month. So it was coming in, it was taking care of my rent and everything yeah. like that, office rent, all that stuff. It was it was great when it was great. Yeah. It was bad it when was it was bad. bad. And and the thing yeah. is too is that with this great resignation, I don't believe the kids today have that same work ethic. Right? Don't. I don't I don't believe that they have the same work ethic as to, you know, hey, listen, every single day I'm gonna get up and grind. It's more that I want I want time to my I, I want my time back so I can do what I want. It's not necessarily so I can get better. No. No it's so that I can do what I want. And that's one thing that our ancestors couldn't afford. They couldn't yeah. afford. They couldn't afford that. They had to go to work. They yeah. had to put in that hours. They had to be they had to do that 40, 40, 40. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So to kids today, they're like, hey, listen, I don't want to do that 40, 40, 40. I'm gonna figure it out on my own. But as soon as okay. things get hard, guess what? I give up. Exactly. You like, I mean? like the average, you wanna say Gen Z, like like I've job hop, you know, you know, from time to time, but like the average people, they might have twenty to forty jobs within like a five year period. Yeah, what? Which it crazy. That's crazy, bro. You should see how you should, as a recruiter, bro, You should see what I see on recruiter. I mean, on, on resumes. And I'm gonna tell you, that's my one red flag. <laughs> that's that's one of my. I shouldn't say it's my one red flag. That's one of my red. That's flags. a big red flag. If, if you can't stay loyal to a company or you can't stay loyal to your plan, yeah. right? It just doesn't look good for me to hire you on to my company to expect yeah. you to leave in two, yeah. three months or a year. No, yeah, right. So, because when so, they do, you can't look and be like, oh, I had no idea. I had happened. no idea. No, no, of course, you knew. It's, it's a history. You knew. It's a history. Of course, and right? it's one thing as far as going to you know the next opportunity, which that was what I was doing. I at least stuck it out for a year. Yeah, yeah, of course. Is that like I'm not? That was just one of the things I never understood mm-hmm. personally. Is yeah. I've been working since I was 15. Yeah, everything that I've ever had worth of value, I've had to get on my own. I had no choice. Mm-hmm. Now, will my kids have that a bit better? Yes. Yeah, of course. But yeah. it's one of the things where, unfortunately, was it they say that. Hard men make soft times. Hard times make soft. I mean, excuse me. It's, it's other Good way times yeah. make soft, soft. Make weak men. Yeah. Weak men and create hard, hard times. times. Hard yeah. times create strong, strong men. men. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So it's one of the things where, again, there, unless you instill that, there's a lot where you know the next generation. If you if you got it from the if you got it from the mud, yeah, and then uh, they don't know nothing about that, and you or, or this. Like, you got to realize, like, the people that you, you admire, they got that grit. Like, you see them in these cars, and you see them, like, I was like, so funny, right? Cardi B, right? So, I was, yeah. uh, so I, saw, I, saw a, I saw a video the other day. It was a funny video of Cardi B, right? And Cardi B was, he was like, what kind of cars do you own? She was like, I got a Lamborghini truck. I got a Bentley. I got this. I got this. I got mm-hmm. that. And she was, he was like, why do you need all those cars? And she was like, to take pictures in. And, you know, people see that, and they're yeah. laughing. Like, oh, she's so funny. She's so funny. But they don't know her work ethic. Yeah, like Cardi B is a workhorse, yo. Yeah, so so you're admiring her and everything like that, and seeing all her success. She's younger than us, but bro, yeah. But I'm gonna tell you right now, like y'all didn't see her in the strip club, though. Nah, 
No. Shaking it fast. Yeah. Right? But then on top of that, you don't see the work ethic in the in the in the music industry as well. Exactly. Well, I mean, if you take half the effort it took to the ball in the strip club and apply that to any exactly. other legitimate source of income, yeah, you're okay. gonna win. Yeah. You're gonna be okay. You're gonna be okay, yeah. man. And and, and that's what I think was going on right now with the Great Resignation. You know, it, it looks all sweet and everything right now, but I believe that it's like, a yeah, lot of kids are going to start like, doing no. I think they're going to regret it a little bit later they on. Are. And the reason why yeah. is because... Because they're not... Especially... Yeah, sorry about that. No, no, but, you're quite good. Like, everybody's thinking, like, being an entrepreneur, being your own boss, this shit is hard. Yeah, it's tough as shit. <laughs> it's tough like, as shit. it's not... It, yeah, it, and I mean, it's, literally, it is. <laughs> And it's it's way different than you plugging into like a system that's already established into you building your own shit. Yeah. Because a lot of the times we most businesses fail. Yeah, yeah. So we've all yep. experienced this where like you've been in the industry and people have seen you in that. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with whether you're in real estate, whether you're in car sales or things like that. For some reason, certain people, even people that you know. They won't come around the first year, or the second year, or the third year. It's like the fourth, fifth. The fourth and fifth, and I'm like, bitch, I've been doing this for how long? And it's like, now you want to come, like, now you want to come on, like, what, because you just need to see if if I I, I was about about it, basically? That's that's exactly what it is. Well, that that was a perfect example, remember? This, This predated your time in the company, but, you know, there was a certain individual, and we were trying to instill upon him the necessity of, like, actually cultivating the skills of the business to try to be successful and be your own boss. Mm-hmm. Don't lean on the people you know. Like, don't get into business because you think you can sell your friends and your family it's a couple of things. Work. That's the wrong plan. Okay. That doesn't work. Uh, right? You certain, have to okay. assume that no one that you currently know will buy from you. Mm-hmm. That's how you create a business plan that might position you to have some level of success. Yeah. Was a certain individual made a handful of YouTube videos? Uh, yes. They, <laughs> okay. they made me <laughs> okay. on YouTube. Yeah. But... It's something where, like, I'm not from here. Yeah. Like, 90% of, in my credit repair business, and even, you know, with what I did with insurance, 90% of my clients were people I did not know. Like, Mm -hmm. which was, it was one of the things where you have a lot of people that are going to be like, I don't want to do that. Well, I didn't have a choice. Mm -hmm. And when you do it, you can... Tell people it can be done. Is it difficult? Yes. Bro, I'm going to tell you right now. Um, getting into that situation to where I tried to, you know, where not when I was trying, where, where I built the business and, you know, was putting in that grind where we're working, you know, 10 hours, 11 hours, 12 hours a day. Yeah. Right? yeah. It was invaluable to what it did for my career. Yep. Yeah. See, this is what people don't realize as well. When you're going through all that hard shit. Yeah. Going through all those hard times, what it's making you into. Yeah. Right? So, you know, with the company, we were required to read books, like, on a consistent basis. The first yeah. time that I was actually, like, an avid reader. Yeah. Right? To where I still am today. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But literally, in my interview, right, I'm talking to my VP about books that she's giving to the team that I had already read that she hadn't. <laughs> like, powerful. in my interview. That's powerful. That's powerful as shit. So, she's already thinking, like, he's already doing things that I'm not doing as a VP. Yeah, mm-hmm. that what, what that made me realize was is that I all that work that I had put in it put me at a completely different category than before I started. When I was in rock, like we were talking about this early, how do I increase my income by a hundred thousand dollars? Because you increase your your worth, your yeah, value, and your skill set by a hundred thousand yeah. dollars. But it's it's just like when you're trying to succeed, like you were talking about earlier. 
right? You want to put in one hour's worth of work and think that you're going to get an incremental one hour increase in results. It doesn't work like <laughs> it that. Doesn't. You it put doesn't. in work, you put in work, you put in work, and it's like a it's like a laggy piece of software. Yep. Like with a, a slow refresh rate. Like you put in work, you put in work, you put in work. It looks like nothing's happening. Mm-hmm. And right about the time you're like, man, let me just stop putting in this work. I'm not yep. getting anything out of it. It booms. Then it jumps up. Yeah. Like you improve in jumps. It's not. It's not a, a, a smooth ramp up. Nope. It's, you it's, know, it's, it's, it's leaps. It's a big leap, right? And and one thing that I started to realize was is that oh damn, like if I can if I read these books right and I did this interview, my income increased by a hundred thousand dollars, right? Mm-hmm. What if I keep doing this? Yeah. What if I keep doing this? Like, bro. Like I was telling, um, like I was telling you guys earlier, I had the interview with the company, bro. I was up at six o'clock this morning, and what I did was, is I wrote out interview questions hmm. that I think that they may ask me. Damn. I looked at all their leadership principles, every single one of them I wrote down, and I wrote down questions that I think they would ask me about every single leadership question. Would I have done that five years ago? No fucking way in hell. <laughs> no fucking way in hell. I was at the, my. You should have saw my resume for Robert Half. It was absolutely horrible. But being in that situation and being around individuals like you. Being around individuals that just think a little bit bigger, it changes everything, though. It completely changes everything. And um, I was very, very blessed to be a part of that because at the time when I was in the mud, bro, in those hard times, I was like, this shit ain't worth it. Yeah. Bro, it's funny to look back at it now and say, like, yo, it's crazy where I came from. You know what I mean? So So, I'm going to be wrapping this up soon. So I got a couple of questions for you. The biggest one is, Your life now, did you envision what it would be all those years ago? No. And um, I wanted to be a basketball player, bro. <laughs> As a kid, man, I played basketball every fucking day. You know what I mean? We, would, we see, won state champions. You know what I mean? Like, I, I wanted to play basketball. You know what I yeah. mean? That was the only thing that I saw in my vision, man. And and it's just like we talked about earlier. Sometimes you go through those life experiences okay. and then your vision just starts to change a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. And before, I also realized when I was younger... I wasn't even me. Yeah. I was trying to be a lot of other people, right? I was trying to be that cool guy. I was trying to get the respect of individuals that necessarily didn't deserve my respect, right? You were doing a lot of things to try to be cool, like that just really wasn't cool. And even sometimes when you feel it in your gut that it wasn't cool, you did it anyway. Yeah. You did it anyway, right? So my life from there to now and what I see now, bro, I... Shit, just 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 three years ago, I thought I wanted a goddamn condo overlooking the beach. I wanted a big condo overlooking the beach until I went to Tennessee with my girlfriend on six, seven acres at our grandparents' house with mountains all around us. And I said, I want this. This is what I want for my life. Right? So um, to answer your question, is life the way that I envisioned that it would be? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And, and I'm actually thankful for that. Right, because now that I think about it, man, I wouldn't want to be in the NBA. Would the NBA be cool as shit? Absolutely. <laughs> would it be? Would it be fun to be running up and down that court? Absolutely, man. But I also also see a lot of pain in their eyes too. Yeah. Right. So you know, I think that I'm on track to where exactly where I'm supposed to be. Right, and for who I'm supposed to be. But did I see myself here in Florida being a recruiter? Uh, Absolutely not, man. Um, what I realize. I would say kind of the same thing because I never thought I'd be here even doing this. Like, like even, you know, uh, throughout this podcast, I, I've had a severe stutter my entire life. Like, 
I couldn't even order a pizza to where I would call and they would think I'm playing on the phone and hang up on me. Mm-hmm. I've done, you know, sales and things like that where people, you know, teach me how to, you know, go up and talk to people. People used to watch me crash and burn. And I realized from that point, if I don't learn how to talk to people, I'm not going to make money. Mm. And I realized if I'm calm, I relax, I speak a little bit slower, it doesn't happen. Yeah. But, but so, the funny thing is, though, is you envision it. See, when you're going through those types of things, you're not envisioning. I'm going to be honest with you. Bill Gates, the guy that he is today, I don't think he envisioned this life. Hell no. Jeff Bezos, I don't think he envisioned this life. They had an idea. Yeah. They, they had a great fucking idea. They didn't think that right? shit was going to go. Do you think out of building out of your garage, Amazon, no. you think building out of your garage, you thought it was going to be the Goliath or the mammoth that it is in the industry today? 100% no. Absolutely not. But the thing is, when you stand on the ground, you can only see the first mountaintop. Yes. Right? When there you climb is. to that, that first mountaintop, you're now above the clouds. Now you, you think that you're where you want to be. Until you look around, like oh, oh, there's higher, there's higher than place. This? Oh my god, you have right. a conversation with an individual, and you're like, oh dang, I could be doing that, yeah. right? And it's going to just turn your life into a different, a different area. And that's how it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, right? Steps. Yep. Yeah. If you get one percent better, then you'll figure out where you're supposed to be. Exactly. Makes mm-hmm. sense. So, guys, we're about to get out of here. Where can they find you, Chris? So individuals that they're looking for me, you know, you can always find me on LinkedIn, Christopher Witherspoon on LinkedIn, and then also on IG. My personal page is C Spoon, okay. right? It's S E E Spoon, right? Nice. You can see Spoon, but then I also have uh, my podcast and you know the the the, the website that I work on, which is Mindset Molders, Ooh. right? So you can actually search us on on Instagram as well, Mindset underscore Molders. Okay, right? right. So I look forward to seeing all of you guys. All right, with that being the case, guys, we're out of here. Later, Later. peace, peace.